Be claimed. Welcome to our B series. We've had a few B series before, and if you see a few of our B series participants here with us today, if you know about this, if you don't know about it, I'm going to tell you a little second. This is our way to tell stories and to get to know one another. And so I'm really thankful that today our B series, our B claimed day, is with. Dr. Michael Cromwell. We can call him Michael. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to meet Michael, he's been on our staff for a few years. So we're just going to start. And Michael, tell us a little bit about how long you've been on staff, what do you do here, and who's your family? All right. Well, uh, it's good to be here with you today. I've been on staff here for two and a half years now, and this is the first time they let me away. <laughs> to come be here for Chapel Roswell. Um, usually I'm, I'm down the hill in the sanctuary service there. And uh, my role here is I'm one of the associate pastors and my uh, primary area is worship arts. So I oversee our worship arts program, uh, which includes our traditional music, so choirs, orchestra, handbells, and then we have drama, uh, visual art as well, and uh, music for all ages. So that's my primary role here. But of course, like any, any pastor that's appointed here, there's those other things that we do as well. So there's a lot of those that we get the privilege of doing as well. Um, and my family, I, I'm married. My wife is Katie. Um, we have three kids. Allie is 12, about to go into seventh grade. Aubrey is five, about to go into kindergarten. And then Carson is three, who's about to start, I guess, pre preschool or whatever it's called. Yeah. So you're a little bit all over the game. We're all family. over. Exactly. And I'm really glad that they let him out of the sanctuary for a moment to be with us. It has taken a while. And so it's really fun to have you here in yeah. chapel. Thanks. Good to be uh, here. You may recognize his family. His family is a part of the whole campus and they have worshiped with us uh, pretty regularly. And yeah. so it's really fun to have, to have everybody with us. Yeah. Um, okay. So you are over music you mentioned a little bit about visual arts. What does that mean for us? What's a visual art? Yeah, it's interesting, um, you know, because in, in the artistic world, what we, what we realize is that some of us are visual people. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but we have an art gallery here. Are you aware of that? Um, it's kind of a hidden gem that we have, but it's in the sanctuary building. It's actually down the main hallway. If you leave this, the main sanctuary and you head to the right, there's a, there's a whole, it's called the Chorus Gallery. And, um, and right now there's a new exhibit going on called Doors. And all of the paintings, the pictures, the photography, everything has to do with doors. Um, and it's really cool. So if you get a chance, I encourage you to go in there and just to see the creativity, how God speaks to us through the visual arts. It's pretty oh. amazing. The gallery always has changing exhibits, too, and it's a lot of it. Sometimes we get to be a part of it. Yeah. We get to experience. So definitely go check that out. Um, okay, so you do a lot of traditional music here. Uh -huh. So let's pretend like you're tired of singing traditional music, <laughs> and you're at home, you turn the radio on, or you're in the car. What are you listening to? What's your music? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that, that we go to is praise and worship music, mm -hmm. um, more contemporary kind of things. Um, my favorite band is U2. So okay. that's, 
that's my, I remember when, when <laughs> my wife and I first started dating, you know, you get to know each other, kind of everything, and we're asking, what's your favorite band? I said, U2, and she's like, what? Never heard of that before. I'm like, you've never heard of U2? Well, she thought I said YouTube oh. at the point, and I was like, no, U2. So that's always been something, just that, that style for me is probably what I would go to if I'm not listening to traditional things. Music seems to be a part of your whole life. What did you graduate in? What's your undergraduate degree? Music education. Okay. And how did you get started in all of this music ministries at churches? Um, I, I started playing in the band when I was in the sixth grade. And the reason is because at my elementary school, you had two options for an elective when you hit sixth grade. It was band or French. <laughs> and I did not want to take French. Oh. Uh, I know. Um, so I decided I'm going to join the band. And um, as a part of all that, I, I started playing percussion. And I liked it. It was okay. It was just something for me to do on the side. It wasn't anything I was passionate about. But I stayed in the band throughout middle school and high school. Um, and now I was a percussionist, like drums and xylophones and all, timpani, all that kind of stuff is what I did. But I grew up in the church. Um, so when I, was, when I was 17, I was a senior in high school. Um, the senior pastor of my home church came to me one day and he said, Michael, I... Um, you, you, have, you have about as much musical experience as anybody in our church, which is kind of sad. Um, but he said, you have about as much music experience as anybody, and we're going to start a new worship service, and I really think you need to be the worship leader. And I was like, you, you've never heard me sing before. I've never heard me sing before. It's not something I had ever done yeah. before. And he said, I don't know why. I feel like you need to be the one to do it. And I said, well, well, tell me about this service. And he said, well, it's a new service. This is in 1996. Okay. He goes, it's called a contemporary worship service. Ooh, I was like, what fancy. is a contemporary worship service? I've never heard of that before. And he began to explain it. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and he said, I already have the band, so we just need a singer. Um, it's easy. Yeah, exactly. So we just need somebody. So I said, okay, I'll give it a try, and we'll see how this goes. Um, so I, I showed up for the first practice, for the first rehearsal. Um, this was the band. It was me who had never sung before in my entire life. Lead vocals right here. Um, the pianist was a classically trained pianist, so Beethoven, Bach, everything. She liked to use every key on the piano, mm, all up beautiful. and down. The guitarist knew three chords. Oh, okay. And the drummer, one of the biggest Metallica fans you could ever find. So you put the four of us, and we met in the drummer's garage. That's where we started. We were awful. It, it, like, I still remember. My ears, I think, still ring because of that sound. Uh, but, you know, somehow God used that. And he brought us together, and we started this worship service, and it began to grow. We began to melt, and then we became family. Yeah. Uh, the four of us. And then the group grew, and, and it was just amazing to see how all that came. And so because of that, I was like, ah, this is kind of cool. I like this. Maybe, maybe there's something to this. So that's when I began to pursue, pursue music in college was as a result of that experience and have continued to this day. So do you remember the name of the pastor who said you're going to sing for mm -hmm. this amazing band? I do. Who is it? Dave Fortuna. There we go. Oddly enough, Dave went to seminary. Now, this is Louisiana. Dave went to seminary with our senior pastor, Tom Davis. And they would actually ride in the same car to commute together. It was, you know, a small world when I came here and found that out. Yeah. 
Was French looking better and better as you met that band? We. <laughs> <laughs> <Oui. laughs> so let's pretend that music and band weren't your two options. What would you have been outside of music? Right, where I was headed, because I was headed, I had a clear path. I'm a, I'm a kind of person, I have a plan, I go for it, I'm going to follow through on that plan until it's done. Okay. So my plan was pre-med, and I was, <laughs> I was going to study either optometry or ophthalmology. So I wanted to be an eye doctor or an eye surgeon. I have really bad eyesight, um, and I have since like the <laughs> second grade. Um, so I feel like that's something I get. I understand it. And so I pursued that. It was until my senior year when all this started happening. I had to take anatomy and physiology in my senior year of high school. And um, I won't gross you out, but there was some dissection involved. Not frogs, but other things. Right. I'm and with I thought, you. Um, maybe this isn't quite so much for me. <laughs> um, and so as a result of all that, I decided to change to, to music. And so it sounds to me that your path changed because someone saw something in you. Yeah. And it changed your course. Yeah. It changed that call, or yeah. I would use the word claiming on your life. Yeah. Was that the first time someone claimed you for ministry, or was there another time? Uh, it was not the first time. Um, when I was, I'll give you the, the, the pre-story to the story. How about that? I'll make it really short. Um, my mom and dad were told that they would never have children, that they just, it just wasn't possible for them to have kids. Um, so what they did is they said, you know what, we still want to have a family. And so there are ways to do that. So my mom and dad uh, adopted two kids, uh, a boy and a girl, and uh, had their family. Their family of four was complete until one Good Friday, it was the day, Good Friday, that my mom went to the doctor and all of a sudden, she heard the nurses screaming in the hallway. And the doctor came in, and he said, I don't know how this is possible, but you're pregnant. Hmm. Um, so on Good Friday, my, my mom calls me every Good Friday. Oh. And she says, Good Friday is so good for many reasons for oh. me. And, um, and they found out that they were pregnant with me. My mom spent eight months in the bed with me. It was a really hard pregnancy for her. Um, but I was born. And um, wasn't supposed to be, but you know, God has a way of doing things that we think is impossible. Um, so uh, so I'm, I was born, and, um, and on my baptism, so there's, I think there's a picture here um, somewhere of me being baptized. And um, during that, so there I am. There it is. Yeah, I had more hair than I, than though I do now, but <laughs> um, but I'm being baptized there, and and that pastor is her name is Lee Joyner, Reverend Lee Joyner, and she had a special place in my family's heart. She actually helped my mom and dad adopt my brother and sisters. That was a big part of her ministry is helping families find um, f complete their families. Um, and so uh, when she baptized me in that picture, she, she held me up. I think of it, you ever seen The Lion King? And they hold the baby up, you know? That's the, the way I like to think of it. I'm sure that's not how it happened. But, uh, but she held me in front of the church, and she said, you know what? I am claiming this child for God, um, that one day God is going to call this child into ministry. May it be so, Lord. Um, and that was a, a constant, my parents constantly reminded me of that. And uh, that's a lot to live with, but yeah. to, to know that, that somebody else 
I was just born. Somebody else saw something, knew something, and claimed, and then Dave as well saw something in me. I never would have seen that in myself. I never would have put myself out. Believe it or not, I'm an introvert. I, I'm the kind of person I like to, to withdraw. I don't like to put myself out there. But for other people to see something in me and claim that in me is, is pretty amazing. And I think that's an important thing to remember, especially this day, as we have baptized two precious children, um, Anna and Emerson. There's, we don't know what God has claimed for their lives, but that's we right. see it, and we know that um, with every baptism, God claims one more act of service, one more act yeah. of devotion, and one more act of grace. And the, and the cool thing about that is my home church took the baptismal vow seriously, that, that they helped raise me in the Christian faith. Um, Yes, my parents were loving. They raised me in a Christian house. My brother and sister were vital in my life, too. But the church family helped raise me. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mr. Ellerby, my fifth and sixth grade Sunday school teacher, who was the most boring teacher in the world, <laughs> but he showed up every single Sunday and loved us dearly. You know, so as a church, we have that responsibility to help raise these That's kids, right. the kids that we see here in the Christian faith. And the others that I'm seeing around here that we have been a part of their baptisms as well in families. Um, so through this ministry of being claimed, is there a scripture that you've been held, hold on to or holding on to? Yeah. Several years ago, um, I claimed John 3.30 as my life verse. The, the one verse I wanted to cling to and try to live with every ounce of my being. And, it's, and it says... This, it says, he must increase, he being Jesus, must increase, and I must decrease. Uh, it was a, an eye-opening experience for me when all of a sudden I began to understand I exist not for myself. Mm. I exist for the glory of God and for the benefit of others, not for me. And, and when, I, when I realized that, that was so freeing. It took all the pressure off <laughs> that I had to be so much, but that God had already claimed me, and that's who I was called to be. And so every day, I, I begin my day with this scripture and prayer, and I end my day with this scripture and prayer. And so throughout these years, that has been kind of a consistent theme for you. Yeah. And I love that you said that takes the pressure off. <laughs> Because it's not us holding to God's standards. It's allowing God to hold up, you know, hold differently. It changes it. It reverses it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about how long you've been in ministry all of these years. Okay. So um, I was 17 when I first started. So the, the garage band. That yeah. was it. That was Dave, it. That was it all the way. Um, and so I've been in ministry since, since then. So throughout college, I was part-time. And then when I graduated college, I started serving the church full-time. Um, it wasn't until later um, that I pursued ordination. Um, but I was serving as a lay, lay person, a lay minister in the church. Not many people, though, have been that involved and that in ministry since yeah. 17. Yeah. And so this past year, we know that that's been a different type of ministry. Is there anything that you've learned through the music aspect of the pandemic and COVID closures? What is it that you want to hold on to the most now in that church community you've been a part of? Yeah, I mean... When we come to worship, we, we see and hear the band. We see and hear the choir in there. So we kind of, we see something that's on the surface. Yes. 
you know, what we're able to see. But maybe what you may not know this, unless you're a part of something like this, is the, the true sense of community that's behind a group that, that has a passion, that, that, that is connected somehow, and, and music being an incredible way. And um, I want to hang on to that connection and to the community that's formed. Um, there's so much more than just music that we make. It's family. Um, and I want to make sure, you know, yesterday, I don't know if I can tell this, but yesterday I did a wedding in here for two people, a member of the choir. He's 84 and she's 83. And they reconnected after 64 years. Oh. And, you know, being a part of that and just being a part of their story and their life and walking with them, that's such a privilege and humbling for me. So every day, knowing that we claim the day for God and that we claim ourselves and other people. Yeah. It's amazing. So yeah. I have one last question for you. Okay. What's your favorite snack? Uh, it's a hard one, but my go-to, Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. This is an important question because... <laughs> That's right. We're going to let Michael have a bunch of Cheez-Its with us. Um, at the baskets, as you walk out later today, you can grab a bag of Cheez-Its and hang out with us. Stick around in the front yard and have some Cheez-Its. Ask more questions of Michael. Say hello to this beautiful family that has joined. Um, maybe even share a bag or give an extra bag to Anna. She may need an extra one. Emerson can maybe have one or something. I don't know. But um, we have Cheez-Its for everybody on your behalf in honor of you. So thank you. Thanks. For coming and being a part of today. Joy to be here. Thank you. I would just add to what Michael has said. Michael's got an incredible witness of that baptism claim. And I would just give you a charge to say, find out more about your baptism. What happened that day? Um, maybe go back to people in your life and say, what do you see in me? What did you see in me? Um, where do you see God working through me? And really claim that as a part of who you are. And may you start every day with whatever God has claimed you for. Join me now for a moment of prayer. Gracious and holy Lord, we thank you. We thank you for a time when we can get to know one another and get to know you through the life of Michael. It is an amazing thing that you have done when you claim a child for you. So we offer ourselves for you to claim. We offer our days, we offer our nights, we offer our relationships. We offer those conversations we have with friends, with family, with neighbors, with children, with our parents, with our grandparents, whatever it is, Lord. We offer it to you and ask you to claim it. May everything we do be done in love. And for the times that we have spoken out or spoken against a claim you may have for us, we apologize. Show us ways to reconcile things that are broken. Show us ways that we can forgive when it's hard. And Lord, show us ways that we can encourage one another. And for the many people who do not have the gift of family, for the many people who do not have the gift of community, Lord, send us to them so we may help fill that void. 
may we begin to adopt others and foster others and bring miracles into our lives so that we may know and share that love with everyone we meet. And for many, Lord, who are feeling abused or hurt or a victim in some way are just feeling vulnerable, Lord, may you send us as safe people to them so they may hear a message of your claiming as well. And we ask all of this in the name of your Son. Amen.